0: Well, it might be a fairly quiet day today after a fairly busy end to the week and a busy weekend where Joe Biden's stimulus package has been talked up, although there are some concerns about inflation. Could that be what slows down the progress? It's also why we're seeing perhaps the steepest bond yield curve in a while. Jobs numbers in the US on Friday showed some growth, but with a bit of a downgrade for December, whilst vaccine news continues to give hope. Or does it? And Mario Draghi, the saviour for the Italian economy. It's Monday, the 8th of February 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, after a couple of weeks in the ascendancy, the US dollar saw a half percent fall on Friday, whilst the Aussie dollar leapt up by more than 1% to almost 76.8 US cents. The pound was up half a percent as well. The euro up 0.7%. Nothing was going to stop US stocks. The Nasdaq up 0.6%, 0.4% for the SP 500, and 0.3% for the Dow. The euro stocks 50 is also up, but the FTSE 100 losing a quarter percent on Friday. Ten-year Treasury yields pushed higher, another three basis points, up to 1.17%, the highest since the pandemic started, while shorter-term yields are heading down. And oil uh, up again. WTI crude up uh, again on Friday and up 9% over the week. Rodrigo Cotril Is senior FX strategist at Nab in Sydney. He's with me today. Now, look, non farm payrolls on Friday, a bit of a reaction to that 49,000 new jobs, which is a lot less than expected. And then, just to make matters worse, there was a big downward revision on December's reading as well. Uh, So, we've seen a bit of a market reaction to this, haven't we?
1: Yes, uh, Morningfield, it it was a classic case of bad news is good news, I think. Um, uh, As you say, the 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 headline number for January did disappoint. It was 50,000 instead of 105. Um, the downward revisions for the December were a big disappointment. So... Uh, Back in December, we printed a negative 140, and that number was revised down to 227. So that was one big disappointment. The other one, which caused a bit of volatility in the market, was the big decline in that employment rate from 6.7 to 6.3. But when you look at the details, that was actually largely due to a decline in the participation rate, which effectively means that around 405,000 workers actually have been discouraged and left the market. So again, that's not a very good sign. Despite the fact that unemployment rate declined. So overall, it, it was an underwhelming report. And the, um, the, the bad news was that effectively instigated more um, reasoning that there will be more support for the fiscal stimulus. And Biden shortly after came, came out saying that this was yet another reason why uh, they need to go hard. Uh, and they will go hard with or without the support of the Republicans. So 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 that encouraged the equity market.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll look at that in just a second. Just before we move off those numbers, so average earnings increased uh, 5.4% on a yearly basis. So should we be paying attention to that as well? Because as we see more jobs, particularly lower-paid jobs, we're expecting to see that number come down, but it's not clearly yet, is it?
1: Will it? Yes, so so that's actually kind of an interesting quirkiness, if you like, of the market. So what, what it does also mean is that um, there's, those workers that are working are actually working longer hours. So it does reflect a little bit of an indication that the labor market is, is tightening in that sense. So it's encouraging. Um, but, um, so, so obviously these workers cannot work every day and therefore you need to start looking at new workers to, to come in and, and support that, that increase in demand. So so that that was kind of one encouraging sign of, of, of the report um, but of course there's a, over 10 million people that uh, are unemployed, so there's a lot of slack in the labour market still. Now
0: you mentioned the momentum that's getting behind this uh, stimulus package so Janet Yellen was on CNN on Sunday saying that the US could reach full employment next year if they get the bill through the full 1.9 trillion uh, stimulus plan. If they don't, then they could have uh, higher unemployment for longer. Uh, and look, on top of this, uh, Joe Biden is also um, he's going for broke, isn't he? He's pushing for a new child benefit scheme as well, paying $3,600 each year, means assessed to every child under the age of six. That's another a separate plan to the stimulus plan. But the stimulus plan, the, the Democrats reckon they can push through without Republican support. I mean, they would have to have every Democrat on board to do that. Or, you know, if they lose one, they'd have to gain one from the Republican side. I wonder if they're they're right on that.
1: Yes, and I think that 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 is going to be part of the negotiation between now and and what is expected to be Pelosi talked about the idea of having everything done by the 15th of March so there's still going to be a lot of negotiation around that for instance one of the examples is that the discussion around the minimum wage now appears to be kind of agreed that it won't be part of the stimulus package that that will be dealt later on and also it will be something that it will be phased out over many years so that's kind of one big big ticket if you like the other one is around the 1400 paycheck Um, then maybe it will also be a little bit more means tested so not everybody I will get it so, so certainly a lot of details need to be not out between now and then, um, and and I think that that's where you will see all Democrats come on board. Um, so it will be the details that that will matter. But overall, with the example of what happened uh, on on Friday, particularly with the Senate and Congress passing the budget resolution, uh, with Vice President Harris uh, doing the, the the you know the the breaking point or the breaking vote, uh, just highlights that the, the Democrats can still get this done if they want to. But as you say, they need the full support from Democrats uh, to get it done. So what about
0: these inflation concerns? I mean, I've I've mentioned how, you know, the the steepening yield curve, which would seem to suggest... Uh, There's an expectation of uh, inflation. The Washington Post has criticised this plan, saying, you know, if you put $1.9 trillion into the economy, then you're going to get inflationary pressures from that. Oliver Blanchard, who's the uh, former chief economist at the IMF, is saying, yes, he agrees. And, you know, perhaps it should be smaller or partly financed by an increase in taxes. Uh, For example, he's saying an exceptional tax on capital gains, given that so many people have made so much money out of the stock market. Uh, I mean, have they got a point? Could this be inflationary? And is, it, and is that what's causing this, uh, this steepening in the yield curve?
1: Well, I think that's certainly a, a debate that is getting louder and louder. You, you forgot to mention Larry Summers has actually joined that debate um uh which of course Larry Summers is, is is a democrat and was part of the Obama um administration as well so there's certainly a lot of discussion around that about the risk of going too hard uh, but the reply from from the Biden administration has been that right now of course we are aware of the risk of going too hard but the, the bigger risk is, is 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 not going hard enough and and therefore uh, leaving too many people behind and and I think that that's what was one of Yellen's point that that it's important to make sure the labor market remains resilient that we get back people to work as soon as possible um because um some of that sort of loss of labor market force can become permanent if, if you don't look after them right now in the middle of the crisis. So, um, but to your point in terms of the, the, the reaction of the market, we've certainly seen the move up in nominal yields, which hasn't been followed by real yields. So the market is pricing a bigger uh, risk of, of higher inflation. And to some extent, you could argue that maybe there's a little bit of dynamic there in terms of the pullback of the U.S. dollar, which is not just about oh maybe the recovery is not as strong in the U.S., but it's also about the consensus of what this all means for, for inflation, which, you know, big, big, high inflation is, tends to be a negative force for currency. So
0: how much of this is rubbing off in, in Australia and how much of what's happening in Australia is down to, uh, you know, the, the reaction from the RBA last week? with the impact of, of more QE for longer because, of course, we saw the Aussie uh, g- g- gaining quite a lot of ground on Friday. We also saw the uh, the ASX reaching an 11-month high as well.
1: Well, I suppose it's been a similar story that the, the the market is being buoyed by the idea that the at least the monetary side here in Australia will remain very stimulatory for, for years to come. Um, I suppose the slight difference between um, Australia and the US is that uh, here, We haven't seen that increase in wages growth for many years. So even when we saw improvements in the labor market prior to the pandemic wages growth remain fairly anemic and at the moment wages growth are essentially at, at record lows when you think about, about that 1.4 growth in the wage price index. So we, we're still kind of a little bit behind in terms of those inflationary pressures coming from, from the labor market. Uh, and I think that the uh, Governor Lowe's writing pointing out that we need to see that to to to, to have a sustained rise in inflation uh, and therefore he, his commitment uh, for, for so many years for to keeping the cash rates for so low.
0: Now it's going to be interesting over the next day or to, isn't it, to find out what the real story is uh, about vaccines and how they are protecting people from the South African strain and the other strains that are coming along as well. Just how, uh, effic- what, what is the efficacy like? Because we're hearing mixed reports on this.
1: Yes. Yeah, so there's been this uh, report that supposedly will be released on Monday about the efficacy of AstraZeneca's vaccine to the South African variant. And it appears that it will likely show that it has limited efficacy. Um, so, so there's a little bit of concern around there about how effective, not, not, not just AstraZeneca, but other vaccines are particularly for for this new variant. So a lot of focus on, on the South African variant and and the Brazilian variant for that matter as well. So um, we have to wait and see what the report suggests, but some of the newspapers are suggesting that it's not going to be necessarily good news, despite the fact that AstraZeneca has, has continued to say that they believe it will be effective.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be disaster, wouldn't it, if they find that people have been vaccinated and that the vaccines aren't going to work. I think they are saying that they're working on a, a, another vaccine, which uh, would mean people have to have another shot. And they're all going to have holes all over our, arms by the end of all of this. Let's uh, look at what's happening in uh, in Italy. Mario Draghi, could he be the saviour? Uh, the news over the weekend that he does have the support of both Five Star and the league, both sides of politics covered. Uh, so uh, could we see some reaction from that on the markets this morning? Because uh, at least in Italian bonds, because 10-year yields there, about 10 basis points lower than they were middle of the week last week before the, the, the Draghi news broke. Could we see more of that today? Well,
1: I think that uh, you, when you say that the, the, the response that we saw last week was interesting in the sense that we saw a big reaction in the Italian equity market and also in, in the bond market, but the euro didn't quite benefit from it. Um, I suppose the dollar was broadly stronger, but still, the euro didn't benefit from it, so maybe we'll see a bit of the same where the bonds and the equity market responds positively to it, um, but the euro may not show as much of a reaction. Um, the, the interesting thing here to note is that while now uh, Draghi has done sort of these uh, first chats with all, all the political parties, now the challenge is that he needs to be able to agree on, on on sort of the proposal of what the policies will be and, and what the cabinet will be. Um, so that, that is kind of the next step in terms of all this saga between Italy. It's certainly positive because the commitment from, as you say, Five Star and and from League appears to be quite uh, unconditional. Uh, they say they're fully supported if he's coming on board, so that's great. Uh, now they need to negotiate and hopefully find an agreement in terms of the policies that they're, they're going to implement, which reform, of course, forms a big part of that. Uh, well, you know, a bit of stability, even if it's for a few
0: weeks, would be good. Would be good in Italian politics, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's a very quiet start to the week this week. In New Zealand, there, you know, they've got Waitangi Day, so they have got the day off. Uh, not much else today to the Japanese Eco Watchers survey. Tell me about that because there's not much else, unless you you're worried about the unemployment rate in Switzerland. But also, you know, <laughs> t- tell us what else we've got coming up this week that we should be particularly looking out for.
1: Yeah, so Japan the Eco Watcher is is quite a good leading indicator in terms of the economic activity. So that will be interesting for Japan. Uh, the Centix investor confidence again a little bit of importance for Europe. Um, but really, it's all about kind of the rest of the week domestically in Australia. The NAB survey and the consumer sentiment uh, out on Wednesday. Those are the two tickets, important tickets, uh, where we expect you know the recovery to to be reflected on those surveys, or there's the hopes of a solid recovery to be reflected on that. Uh, China's aggregate financing coming out sometime during the week will be important, as will be the CPI. Uh, and then, of course, we've got to remember China goes on holidays on Thursday. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, then uh, for for Europe, the uh, the news around Mario Draghi will be important. So hopefully later in the week, we we'll get a bit more positive news on that regard. Uh, and then uh, the fiscal similar news in the, in the U.S., of course. Uh, we need to see whether Biden continues to uh, either look for negotiations with Republicans or, uh, as we know, the Democrats are also pushing hard in Congress to, to get the, the budget resolution process going. Uh, to make sure that they can still get it done without the support from Republicans. So that will be an interesting dynamic, as well as the CPI on Wednesday.
0: All right. Busy week,
1: it seems, apart from today. Uh, good to talk, <laughs> Rodrigo. Catch you again very soon. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And uh, that's it. That's Monday's
0: morning call from Nap. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow morning. Have yourself a great day.